0: A week ago, so the thirteenth February, my son Levi got engaged. So we are celebrating that, and he's actually here this morning. Yeah. So he and yeah, not doesn't want to be embarrassed. He and Kendall, uh, they got engaged. We got to be a part of the like after celebration, and. Um, But uh, I was reflecting on that. My wife is already calling her mom, and they're, you know, getting the dates together and then shopping for the dresses and all that. And I just get to sit, stay home, watch TV. Um, But, you know, I was reflecting on that, and I thought, you know, this is good because Levi grew up, you know, uh, with with a healthy, you know, parenting and family relationship. My wife and I will be 30 years this August. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. She stayed. Um, And, uh, you know, I was reflecting, I was like, man, 30 years, we never fought once, we never argued over finances, you know, the way we raised the kids, you know, and he's just got that going for him, and yeah, that's not true at all. (laughs) Because isn't that true, like, whether it's your relationship with your spouse or other people, you both come from different backgrounds, different personalities, uh, and you bring things into relationships, you know, family, faith, finances, uh, for my wife and I, we have different ways that we, that we deal with things and different beliefs that we have, um, I know, like, I love sci-fi, she likes the feel-good movies where everybody's happy and gets what they want in the end of the movie, that kind of thing, no one dies, that's kind of her thing. I like the everyday, like, routine, and she likes to think about, like, well, when's, we got back from vacation recently, and the next morning she said, uh, 14 weeks. I said, what's 14 weeks? She's like, that's the next time we get to go away. Like she was already thinking, you know, and I'm like, oh, what am I doing today? You know, it's just that it, we, we just have different ways of approaching life. And so with all of our differences, you know, I mean, she, I like the dog. She loves them. And, and, uh, but we both agree, we both agree that the grandson, he's awesome. Right. So, but we all have differences in our relationships and sometimes those differences cause a lot more conflict it's not just something that we easily work through. And so this series that we're going through on Ephesians uh, chapter 4 uh, is how, how, do, how do we deal with this? And today I want to talk about uh, what, what do we do when we have those differences and different issues in our lives. And it might be uh, issues with a parent, or a sibling, or another student, Uh, it could be a spouse, a colleague, a neighbor, a coworker, could be someone that you have an acquaintance with on social media and you have your differences and you're going back and forth. But those differences cause conflict. And our relationship and our lives suffer because of that. My my son was telling me, Levi's at Grand Valley, and he was telling me, doing some poli-sci classes and statistics and putting those things together, and they did some research in class and discovered that the gap that is happening today, and this is not going to be a surprise for you guys, the gap that is happening when it comes to the political polarization, the, the, the differences in our culture, in the North American culture, is greater than what it was during the Civil War. And you can see some of that. And so I know that there are tensions that are out there. There are differences that cause conflict in our relationships. So what do, what do we do with this? What does the scripture have to say? Well, this is verse 3. I know it says uh, verses 1 through 3, but this is verse 3. Paul, in Ephesians 4, has taken us on a journey. And if you haven't been here for the series, you need to go online and, and see you know, the, the first couple of weeks here. But in verse 3 Paul tells us that we are to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is a coming together that Paul says we need we need to be working on. And this word effort in the in the Greek scholars would say that in the English it's not strong enough. That in the Greek it means to make haste, to hurry, to be urgent. That it's something that we are to be after, we are to be pursuing. It's not just, well, make an effort. But it's something that's, that's, that's more of a call, it's a drive. Make every effort to keep, that is to guard, to protect. What are we protecting? The unity or oneness that we have in the Spirit. There is a unity or a oneness that we have in Christ. Paul understood that there was differences. Paul, who's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, even writes to some of the differences. He talks about the Jews and the Gentiles early on in the book because there was some tension that was going on there. The Jews way, way over here, right, they, they said that when you come to Christ, you should uh, also follow the law because after all, Jesus was Jewish. So we should be, if we're going to be more like Jesus, we, we need to follow the rules and be Jewish. And then the Gentiles over here were like, well, no, we don't. <laughs> And Paul was kind of caught in between, but God had called Paul to the Gentiles, and Peter was reaching out to the Jews. So there was conflict, and you see this in the Scripture, even in the book of Galatians. There was some tension between Peter and Paul. Peter was a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. Paul came a little bit later, but was called out by Jesus after his resurrection to lead and to go after the Gentiles. So you've got two people that God has called that are trying to do their best and they have two different approaches on how to do that. It causes tension. Paul would later run into problems with uh, Barnabas and John Mark. They, they traveled with him on his first missionary journey but they had some issues of the way John was doing his job or his ministry and Paul said, yeah, go home. And so Barnabas was like, well, if he goes, I go. And Paul was like, see ya. You don't read about all those conflicts all the time in scripture. You don't, but that happened. And so they were both doing ministry. John Mark wound up writing one of the gospel stories about Jesus while Paul is on his uh, second and third missionary journey with someone else. So they had great things they were bringing to the table, but they had a different approach on how to do it. Paul understood this. He later writes in Ephesians 5, he talks to uh, wives and Husbands, uh, children and their parents, uh, employees and employers, like all of those differences in how we are to come together when it comes to this idea of unity in the spirit, this oneness in the spirit of Christ. He says to the church in chapter one, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Paul says that when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter uh, your nationality, doesn't matter what you've gone through, what you've done. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ... You inherit the kingdom, you are a part of God's family, and you know this because God gives you his spirit dwelling in you to help you to live out that relationship with God. And just because we have that doesn't mean we don't have differences, but it means that there is one thing that unites us together, and that is our relationship with Christ. And that is what, that is what Paul says we are to protect Right? We, we are to strive to protect uh, that relationship. He says in chapter 4, the next verse after what we'll, we'll, we've been looking at in verse 3, he says there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So you can see why Paul says, look it, we, we are to make every effort to keep this unity because it's the one thing that bonds us together in peace, It's through that relationship that we wind up being united together. Even with our differences, we can still come together. So Paul says we're to pursue that. I know most often in my relationships, it's not the first thing I think of when I have a difference with someone or a different opinion. I don't don't automatically go, well, let's talk about Jesus, right? Right? But I wonder, church, if that isn't the direction that at least the Spirit wants to prompt us to protect that relationship. Now, I noticed, uh, you know, the weather's getting a little bit warmer here in Michigan, but I-, I noticed a lot of the ice fishermen out there. I don't know if there's any out when you walk out today, you might see some out in the bayou, but uh, I know up in Muskegon, they're out there and I can see open water and then a couple of guys out there with their shanties fishing. Now, I, I don't get it. I, I just, I'm just telling you, I don't get it. I like the water, don't like being on it when it's frozen, but it, it, they're out there and uh, I keep thinking like, how safe is this, Right. Because a year ago, some of you might recall, a year ago on Lake Erie, there was over 100 fishermen out there and the ice that they were on broke away from the mainland. And they were floating out on Lake Erie on this like spot of ice. 46 fishermen out there, right, by themselves. And some of them are over here on the edge and some of them are over here on the edge. Well, when that breaks off, right, They're all kind of huddled together, you know, like, what do we do now, right? I can guarantee you that when they were huddling together, they were not going, they were not talking about their differences, right? They were not going, hey, get away from the edge. Come on over here, right? Oh, oh, wait, 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 Michigan or Michigan State? (laughs) All right, we'll include you. Harley or Honda? Honda. All right, you're over here, right? They weren't, talking. they weren't talking about their differences. They were going, help, right? Get the attention. The Coast Guard rescued 46 of them. And they were calling out to everybody going, hey, we, we got, we're all in this together. It's in those moments or those issues of differences, they don't matter as much if you're struggling to survive and if you're in this together. church. God has placed us here. We're in this together, and he has given us his spirit, his one spirit that each and every one of us have. If there's any place in the world that should show the unity and the peace in relationships, man, it should be the church. We're the ones to start this. We need to be working together and not talking about our differences over here. I'm over here. You're over there. But how do we bring this together? I think Paul is telling us this. Well, here's a picture of the ice. (laughs) These are the guys stuck on it. Uh, I think this is what Paul is telling us. Jesus is the common ground where you and I find peace. Jesus is the common ground where you and I find peace. With so many differences in our lives, we spend so much time and energy talking about where we stand in the midst of these things, on the issues. And we make the issues the main thing. I'm over here, you're over there. And we're not coming together. And Paul's saying, listen, there is a common place when it comes to Christ that we need to be coming together. And it doesn't mean we won't have our differences. Like I said, my wife and I have our differences. One of the examples, I I like to spend money on daily things. That's kind of my thing. Like I said, she saves up. So I like to have the daily routine of the coffee or, you know, whatever. Where she likes to save finances for those big events and uh, for vacation. When we were first married, that caused some tension, right? Well, why are you spending this or why are you doing this? And it caused some tension, but you know what we discovered very early on in our relationship? The Bible actually has something to say about all this and that is when you come to Christ and you find that common ground, you realize that everything we own belongs to God. And so what he's calling us to do is to steward our finances for the kingdom. Now that is common ground. So it's not surprising when she texts me a couple weeks ago and says, oh, by the way, I just gave a bunch of money to this missions organization, just wanted to let you know. I didn't even think about it. It didn't cross my mind. Why? Because I know for her and for me, God owns it all anyway. So if God prompted her to do that, I'm good. And there are other differences uh, in our culture and in our society when it comes to issues of poverty. I, I, I deal with it. You got people who love to do the handout, right? We just need to meet their needs. It's relief work. And you got people over here, you know, it's like, feed them a fish, and then you got the people over here who are like, teach them to fish, right? They gotta be dependable and, you know, and all this. And there's tension between these two, but you, you, you come to that common ground of, of Christ who did both. And you see that what Christ calls us to do is to do whatever we can to alleviate the poor who will always be with you. It's something that God is calling us to do. Do something. Get involved in poverty alleviation. Do you see what I'm saying? There are things in the scripture that are common ground for us because we are one in Christ. And we have these differences. But church, we're not coming together and asking the question, what is God's word? What, is, what does Jesus have to say about this? How did, he, how did he process and work through these things? Some of you might think that the gap is too big. You've been around and you're like, nope, this is where I stand and I, I, I'm not budging from this. And the gap between me and what other people believe and think, it's just, it's just too big. I wanna tell you the story of Alice. I met Alice uh, last month. Alice is uh, from Rwanda, and uh, she spoke at a World Vision conference that I was at, and uh, I had heard her story, hadn't met her before, but she uh, was interviewed and gave her story uh, of what happened back in 1994, and some of you know what happened in Rwanda. Uh, She was a part of the Tutsi uh, tribe, people group, And uh, there was a genocide. The Hutu population decided to kill, slaughter, uh, as many Tutsi men, women, children they could. They took out entire villages. And so on a particular day in 1994, when the attack was planned in her village, she grabbed her daughter and she fled the village out into the woods, kind of a swampy area to hide and uh, a group of individuals uh, found her. And they, uh, they cut off part of her right arm and they uh, chopped up her daughter in front of her and left her for dead. Years later, World Vision shows up and wants to talk about reconciliation. And she was a follower of Christ, and uh, so they asked her if she'd be willing to sit on this committee that was made up of both the Hutu and the Tutsi population to try to bring reconciliation, reconciliation the healing peace to this community. And uh, so she served on the committee, and, and one of the committee members, this is Emmanuel, and he was one of the perpetrators on that day, um, spent some time in prison, but was released. And uh, here he was on this committee and so they had to kind of work together and one day they left the meeting and they were walking down the road and Emmanuel had been getting eaten up inside and so he turned to her and he said, "Uh, I need to tell you, I'm the one, I'm the one who killed your daughter, I'm the one who cut off your arm, she didn't remember any of that. And when she heard him say that, she fainted. She fell to the ground and she went into a coma. Her body just couldn't handle it. So she was in a coma for a couple of days. When she came out of the coma, she just started to pray and she said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do with this? And so she prayed about it and started searching the scriptures. Two weeks after she was let out of the hospital, she found Emmanuel. She pulled him aside and she said, the Bible says that if we forgive, we too will be forgiven. So I want you to know I forgive you. And today they still serve on the committee together and try to bring peace to a country that was ravaged by differences. But they found that their common ground was Christ. Christ common ground was Jesus. If you think your gap is too big, I'll have you call Alice. There is something about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Christ in us that can bring peace where this world can't. And some of us aren't necessarily refusing to be prompted by the Spirit, but we're ignoring it. And Sometimes God wants to do a work in us. She could have said, oh, I just read through the Scriptures, Emmanuel, and it says, do not murder. Look at that. It's not a proof text. But it's a looking at Scripture and going, what does he want me to do? Ah, forgive. Some of us are approaching Scripture as though we're trying to tell other people what to do instead of allowing it to transform us we have to start somewhere I think Jesus is the common ground where you find peace Paul says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace it's our part what we have to do so you say well that's great but where do we start what do we do I think we start where Alice did we search the scriptures and I don't mean uh, just you know one verse here one verse there but I mean Dive into the meta narrative, the story of God in the scriptures, and allow that to just sink in for you. Spend time with Him daily and, and just let the scriptures speak to you on where it is that you need to change. N- not to help correct someone else, but to soften you, to bring humility, which we've talked about in the previous weeks, patience so that you will be better equipped in your relationships. Second, submit to the Spirit. This is a tough one, because you might get into the scriptures and you get that nudge, not from your spouse, you know, but from the Holy Spirit of, oh, you gotta work on this, and man, that is not fun. It's like, oh wow, I need to confess, I need to repent, I need to seek forgiveness, I need to change. What is it that God is calling you to do? But it's the simple obedience to say, okay, God, I'm never really going to experience peace unless I do it your way. Powerful prayer is simply, I give up. I've prayed that prayer before, it's dangerous. But to say, okay, God, I'll do it your way. Take that step, submit to the Holy Spirit and take a step closer, right? We're all over here, over there. Take that step and go, okay, God, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna gonna get a little bit closer to that common ground on these areas where we find diversity there. Three, start a conversation. If you have an issue with someone, start the conversation. I I would do the first two first. Allow God to soften your heart, but then... Start the conversation and go, man, I've been looking at scripture. I don't know if I get it all right. I know that you and I don't agree on this issue. Can we look at this together? I know we have the, as followers of Christ, we all have the spirit in us, but God is working in the lives of those who have yet to decide to follow Jesus. What a powerful way to go. Hey, I've been looking at what the Bible says. I don't know what your take on this, but would you be willing to look at this with me? Can, Can we do this together and just talk about this And find that common ground in Christ. I think it's what God wants us to do. Jesus is the common ground where you and I find peace. If there's any place in our world where this should exist, it's the church. That's why Paul entreats us to make haste in guarding that oneness in spirit through peace. And with all the differences going on in our world, man... I think the world longs for some place like the church to kind of go, this is what it looks like. Every week when we close out our service, we, uh, we, we do communion together. And what a powerful, tangible and mystical way that we express this together as a church. I could go to churches all around the country where people are gathered together and I might not know anyone there at the church But when we take communion, and that might be true for you, when we take communion, we're all one. We've all received salvation in Christ and the gift of his forgiveness. And we're gonna do that this morning. We're gonna kind of close out. But I wonder if this morning for some of us, if it isn't that first step for us as we step out of our seats to kind of go, okay, God, this is a very tangible picture of that oneness in Christ. But I am committing myself to say yes to you in whatever area. I don't know, it could be in a relationship, a spouse or a neighbor or whatever, to go, I'm gonna take one more step closer to the common ground in Christ on this issue. I'm not just gonna stand my ground over here on the edge where, it's, <laughs> where I'm in danger of falling in, right? But I'm gonna... I'm gonna move one step closer and make that a commitment this morning. I do believe that the more we move in that direction, the more peace we'll have, the more peace we'll experience. And that's what God is after through the power of his Holy Spirit at work in us. Let me pray for us. Lord, I ask that uh, even now, Lord, you would convict, challenge, correct, stir us, to move in the right direction closer to you, that we might be more like Christ. Lord, I know that we're gonna find differences just like Paul did when it comes to even following Christ, but the fact that we are all united together with Christ means we can do it together and caring for one another and finding true shalom, true completeness and fulfillment in our lives that can only come through you. Lord, I pray if there are those who are here today who have yet to make that decision. Lord, I I know that your word says that when we are without God, we are without hope in this world. And we might be struggling. There might be those there today who are struggling to find peace in their own walk. Um, God, I just pray that maybe today would be a day that they make the decision to simply say, I give up doing it my way. And I want to follow you, Jesus. I pray that they would sense your presence, your grace, your love, and your forgiveness that can only come through Christ. And we pray this, Lord, in the power and in the name of Jesus, amen.